For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. From 1640 PWPR, and we are making waves, kicking ass, and taking names later. That's right, 1640 PWPR is growing and growing and growing. There's so many shows now in the family, yet we have room for more. Are you out there in podcast land, talented and ready to be seen and heard? Or are you an upstart looking for just your chance? Well, now you got a chance. Tweet us at 1640PWPR or come on down to Facebook, facebook.com backslash 1640PWPR. Let us know what you're about, what you got going on, and maybe you, yes you, can end up on the home of Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio and more, 1640 in the world 2015 it is Jay Lethal's night finally finally world heavyweight champion and also still world television champion for Ring of Honor great match great show great pay-per-view best in the world 1640 PWPR, you are listening to Blading for Truth with Jeff Edwards. Just finished up Best in the World, and I must say, it was well worth the money. If you didn't get a chance to see it, go on your little pay-per-view, on your little cable box, pop it up, order it. It doesn't matter if you know what happened. It doesn't matter that I just told you what happened in the main event. Pull 
it up, buy it, watch it. It was well worth it. This match was everything that it was built to be over a long, seems like a long time already, that this feud has been building, and it ended with an excellent match. Very slow-paced match throughout, and then it built to a crescendo like it should. This was a excellent topping to this feud, and Briscoe's streak has now ended, I believe... Kevin Kelly tonight said 2013 was the last time he got pinned. Well, he got pinned tonight by Jay Lethal. Clean. Excellent match. Um, great pay-per-view. You also had the Addiction defending their tag team titles against Red Dragon tonight. You also had AJ Styles and the Young Bucks from the Bullet Club wrestle the kingdom with Adam Cole. It's great to see him again. This pay-per-view was one of the better pay-per-views of the year, I would say. Dalton Castle, Silas Young, great match. Great storytelling in that one as well. Mark Briscoe opened the show against Donovan Dijak. Probably Donovan Dijak's best performance since he's been in Ring of Honor, in my opinion. Big news out of the CNC Wrestle Factory versus War Machine. There was a hint of Cedric Alexander turning heel. He told Caprice, we're done. Could have hit him with a with, with ring wrench, but he did not. He stepped away. He told him, we're done. Number one contender match, Roderick Strong defeats Moose and Michael Elgin. Out comes Cedric. Down goes Moose. He'll turn Veda Scott and Cedric Alexander are together. This show was a great show by Ring of Honor. Like I said, if you did not get to see it, get go get to see it, because this was a good one. I am at, at Blading for Truth on Twitter. I am also on Facebook, Blading for Truth Wrestling Radio. Hook me up. Go like the page. Leave a message. I'd like to get some back and forth with some of the listeners to the show here and I wouldn't mind getting your opinions those of you that saw ROH Best in the World what were your thoughts what did you think boy oh boy Jay Briscoe post match after the lethal victory honorable handshake lethal lethal re- responded with the handshake very clean very nice it was the exact way that this should have happened they booked it exactly how it should happen and it was awesome so you let me know what you think of the show I thought it was spectacular it was a great great card great main event build from the start all the way up and off you go great show by Ring of Honor this week for you Lucha Underground fans I gotta tell you this week in wrestling was ugh. I would argue to say that this was one of the better weeks in wrestling that we've had we have had overall in quite some time. Not only coming off the heels of this Ring of Honor show, two nights ago, Lucha Underground. By God. I told you last week on the show. Prince Puma, Lucha Underground champion, versus Johnny Mundo. That's it. And that's all it was. The entire episode was the match. It did not disappoint. I saw people out in in the digital world saying that this was the easily the best match in 20 years, best match in 10 years, best televised match ever. This is insane. Uh, on and on and on and on it goes. I thought it was incredible. I thought it, as far as iron matches go, the way this thing was booked, I got to tell you, you see an Iron Man match on paper and you think to yourself, okay, how are we going to do this one? Will they go the uh, Brett and Sean route? Will they do a lopsided victory? Will it be 2-2 tie going into the final seconds? Storytelling in this match 
to reflect a 32-week build, I believe, especially from the perspective of Johnny Mundo's character. This guy came in, they shined a a spotlight on the fact that he did not, he was never the man at any prior workplace. Alberto El Patron comes in, they had a promo somewhere in the 20s of the episodes that started their little feud. El Patron told him the same thing. You you couldn't grab the brass ring, he said. You're not the man. And sure enough, Johnny Mundo gets his chance at Puma. Talks Dario Cueto into it. Dario loves it. It's an Iron Man match. It's all night long. And how is this booked? Perfectly. There is a score of one-to-one. At that point, Johnny Mundo takes a crowbar, smashes Prince Puma in the head with it, gets him back into the ring, and quickly goes up four to one. And I was shocked at that. He gets three quick pinfalls. It's four to one, about halfway through. And he is destroying Prince Puma. And you're thinking as you're watching this, finally, Johnny's grabbing the brass ring. I was shocked. Shocked. And in true Johnny Mundo fashion, he gets a little too overconfident. He's setting up tables. He's climbing up to where the house band is for this episode. I actually expected to hear a little bit of a Spanish caravan or light my fire. That was a lame attempt at a Morrison joke for you Doors fans. But he's up there. He's about he's about ready to cut into song. He's up there. Oh, so confident. Up for one. He's talking to the band members. He's giving Puma a chance to recover. Puma ends up stacking two more tables at one point on top of the two tables. So now we are looking at four tables. Puma goes up after Johnny up to up to the elevated stage where the band is. And Johnny Mundo takes a tremendous guitar shot to the head. And then you can probably see what happens. Boom, down they go. I don't know how high the spot was, but it was pretty darn high. And down they go, crashing into tables. It, You know, there are people out there in the Twitter world, especially that I saw commenting, you know, if if you're into matches that have high spots, then this is for you, you know, and... Yeah, it was really cool. It was a really cool match. It had it had high spots and yada yada yada. And I'm reading this and I'm thinking, okay, did we did we miss the story here? Because you're not paying attention. Were there high spots in this match? Yes. Was there mat wrestling, chain wrestling in the beginning? Yes. Was it hardcore? Yes. Did it have? Action in the ring? Yes. Did they tell a story? John Morris, Johnny Mundo up 4-1? Yes. And then what happened? They get back into the ring, and the tide starts turning. Tide starts turning. Prince Puma is gaining momentum. All the while, Matt Stryker and Vampiro are going crazy at all the things that are going on. They're looking at the timer. Matt Stryker is doing a great job at keeping the eye on the timer that they played throughout the entire match because it is a Iron Man match. And he's hyping the fact that there are 11 minutes left. Oh, how is he going to get three or four pinfalls? And As time is ticking down, I, I believe there were maybe five minutes left, Johnny Mundo decides to just run around the ring. He's running up into the stands. He's protecting that one point lead, that one pinfall lead. And out comes Alberto El Patron. 
kicking Johnny's butt up and down the steps and down by the ring and throwing him into the wall and uh, tosses him back in the ring and feeds him the puma and at that point he grabs a microphone and he says you know I'm not done with you Johnny I'm going to kick your butt and puma if you end up winning this I'm coming for you too out goes El Patron the rest is history Puma quickly has to reach down deep after the beating he he just took for 40 some minutes and try to get this win he gets the win he retains wow what a story wow what a match again coupled with what we saw in Ring of Honor tonight two of the best matches that I've seen in quite a long time Puma retains Jay Lethal is your new ROH heavyweight champion world champion and also the television champion wherever they're going with Jay Lethal with the two belts maybe he'll defend maybe he'll give one up maybe we're going to see a tournament for that title I don't know I don't care at this point he has Roderick Strong coming up that'll be a great one if Jay somehow gets a rematch whatever they're going to do doesn't matter at this point because any there's there's no fail there there's no fail whatever happens it's all going to be good so Jay Lethal as your champion beautiful Prince Puma versus Johnny Mundo and I got to tell you again Johnny Mundo man I liked John Morrison I love Johnny Mundo and if you haven't seen Lucha you need to check it out you need to recognize this guy for what he is he's a star man Johnny is a star and of course Puma goes without saying if you listen to this show you know that I am a huge Prince Puma supporter and I love the guy I love his work I love everything about him perfect uh, character for that show and he is still your champion so two very positive things Wednesday and Friday unfortunately that's really where it stops for this week in wrestling I was not too sure about what I was going to talk about today I I knew I had to touch on Ring of Honor because obviously their show was tonight had to do some lucha because that (laughs) That show was just off the charts, man. Seriously. If you haven't seen Lucha Underground from this past Wednesday, do so. If you haven't seen Lethal and Briscoe, do so. Two of the greatest matches in a a very long time. In my opinion, since January at Wrestle Kingdom, New Japan. If you are not into New Japan, um, I don't know where you would put these two matches, but I can't name a... WWE match in recent memory that even compares you want to talk Cena Owens fine you can use that but in my opinion these two matches that I'm talking about smoke that out of the water any day of the week and oh by the way they're on El Rey Network and Destination America and not USA so going back to Wednesday the TNA show There is something awry with TNA that is irking me, and I'll say this, and I think most of you may feel the same. If you have a pay-per-view coming up, (laughs) the early report was that you were going to have Kurt Angle versus EC3 for the world title at the pay-per-view. If you are a TNA fan and you watch their product, like I do, That is a big selling point for that pay-per-view. If you add James Storm and Magnus culminating at that pay-per-view, that just adds to the already can't-miss title match that you have between Angle and EC3. Then the word came out that they were not indeed having the Angle-EC3 match at the pay-per-view. And... Obviously, the question is, why would they not? It's a live pay-per-view. Why would they not do this? Turns out that they have a live TNA Impact this week, and then they are taping between Wednesday and Sunday. 
this does not make sense to me. They've done this before. I don't know if they have scheduling conflicts with that impact zone. I don't even know where those shows are. If I'm assuming they're at the impact zone. I don't understand if it's if it's a uh, a miscommunication between creative and the people that are supposed to book arenas for them or money, finances, or whatever the reason is. But whatever it is, I don't see a viable excuse that you can give your fans as to why you're going to do this again. They did it, the last time they did it was when Eric Young won the the uh, title. And they kind of spoiled it because they had to. Now, did it work out for them? Maybe they got a pop in the rating because the Eric Young title reign began. I know a lot of WWE fans immediately, Ugh, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan the second. Regardless of the fact that how you thought that went down, my problem with it was, why do you have to spoil it? There has to be a way around this. If you cannot make your live shows every week because you can't afford to, then you need to come up with another way to do this. Because to me, honestly, I was looking forward to I knew this Lucha match was coming up. I knew best in the world I would be ordering, I would be watching, and I would probably enjoy. TNA also had me. Now I'm not so sure. I don't know if I can justify spending. And it's terrible to say because they only have Slammiversary and Bound for Glory nowadays on on actual pay-per-view. But to me, they just blew it. I don't understand how you can do this the only thing that I think that they should do I wish they would do it I don't think they're going to do it but I wish they would I wish somebody would use their head at this stage it is now Saturday I wish they would figure this out and pull the trigger on it but what they set up on the show was a contract signing between EC3 and Angle um they could choose an opponent for each other. So it was Angle's turn this week. He chose EC3 to face Lashley, which was your main event, and EC3 won. Fine and dandy. Next week, it's supposed to be EC3's turn. It is a live impact. I think you know where I'm going with this. Why not, if you are not going to put it on that pay-per-view, EC3 versus Angle, then why do you not just have EC3 come out on Wednesday? at the stroke of 9 o'clock, live, and say, Kurt, your opponent tonight is me. I can choose anybody. It's happening, and it's happening tonight. You're going to defend against me. Solves all your problems. Because if they are not going to wrestle each other on that card, then what does it matter? Do it now. Get it out there. And then you may have people glued for the next four weeks from those tapings that they're going to do before Slammiversary that are going to air after Slammiversary. But you already know who the champion is and you get to see it in its proper order. When a company has to do this stuff, not only is it bad, but it's really bad when your world title is involved. And this is just assuming for myself, from an EC3 fan as myself that he will indeed win the title I'm not sure that's the plan I sure hope it is I don't know about you guys, I've said it on the past in the past in these shows that they need to move off the image of that they are WWE reject land it doesn't matter that us smarter fans recognize that guys jump from company to company WWE just has has just as many ex people. They don't they don't create their own stars, but for some reason certain sect of WWE fans find that okay. They're okay with Kevin Owens being in and Samoa Joe actually well, we're gonna get into that. Because I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on Kevin Owens, and I am not too sure that Samoa Joe is even gonna make Raw. But we're gonna get into that. Where was I saying? 
I was uh, EC3. Okay, so WWE fans will say, oh, that's where TNA, WWE guys go to die. Well, Ken Anderson, oh, Kurt Angle. Okay, well, you, your company that you think is number one, obviously, will take ROH guys like it's nobody's business. Um, if you look at that roster and back it up to the to the days of of Punk and Joe and AJ, how terrible is it that all those guys that became stars were in that company? Imagine if they just could have kept them. Ugh. It drives me nuts. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. But for TNA to remove that stigma of the Andersons and the Angles, and I know there's not there aren't that many right now. I know they have the Wolves from Ring of Honor. I know they're just as guilty. Austin Aries, the whole bit. I get it. But they need to remove that stigma because it's hurting them more than it does the WWE out there in smart mark land. It is what it is. So, how do you do that? Put the strap on EC3 and put those young guys up against them, like I said last week. I think they have to do that, and I think if they are going to do that, why not do it on a live show that is in sequence, which would be next Wednesday. Do not have EC3 pick Bram or whoever to face Kurt Angle because then you're going to tape four shows in the next breath, literally, that are going to be aired after. Now, if they don't have a title match, <laughs> they're obviously not having a title match at the pay-per-view. So, those people that you're trying to get to watch your, your product on Wednesday, next Wednesday, aren't going to watch your product. You're going to get the same number of viewerships, which is the, the TNA faithful, and you're going. they're going to know. Those other people are already going to know. Because after Wednesday, this Wednesday, they will go online and they will read what's happening next week. So they will know when the title match indeed is and who won. You don't want that to happen. The opportunity is staring you right in front of the face as TNA management. Do it Wednesday. That's my take on it. If that match happened Wednesday and EC3 was the champ... Awesome. Awesome. I do not want to get this spoiled on me by some clown on Twitter or some clown posting on, on Facebook or something. That I don't want to hear Thursday or Friday that Angle beat him or he beat Angle. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to see it. And I know I'm going to run across it without even trying. So TNA, put it on TV. Give it to us this week. Problem solved. The only other thing out of this, uh, out of their show, I thought was noteworthy, I guess you could say, is <laughs> as strange as it sounds, I'm going to bring up Joseph Pork. I don't know about you guys, but Joseph Pork, to me, compared to Abyss, is a million times better. I don't understand why that guy is stuck under a mask and not able to talk. He's way too good and he's way too entertaining. I said this last week also. But that little interview he did with Borash in the back was amazing. I I just, you have to laugh at the guy as soon as he starts opening his mouth and he's chattering and he's, you know, the guy's, the guy's fantastic. What did he say? Uh, I want to be guy on top. And uh, poor ass said, you mean top guy. The guy on top. I want to be top guy. You want to be top guy? No, guy on top. Funny stuff. But for future reference, I wouldn't mind seeing him as Joseph Park in the future. Even if, you know, talking about Jay Lethal tonight, you see Veda Scott, you see Truth Martini, you see the dollhouse members, but you don't have a true manager. I think, you know, kill me for saying this, but I don't like a guy like The Miz, but I do think he'd be able to pull off a manager. Joseph Park, take him and just make him a manager. You know, give him uh, give him Crazy Steve. 
let him work with that. Give him give him Grado. Let him work with him. Give him a little uh not a stable. I don't want I don't want a stable. I want a I want a Heenan family. I want a you know, I don't want a jokey stable. I just want to see him manage different people. I think it could work. Same thing with Miz over on the other channel. He's decent on the mic. He gets the heat. He's he's kind of knocking that character out of the park with his little sunglasses and his his shawls and <laughs> just let him do that. We don't need to see him in the ring anymore. He he's obviously another guy too that you know, either a color commentator, which they've done in the past, or just suck it up and make some managers, man. Make them, give them, give them a Hollywood stable or a Hollywood family that he can, you know, craft people into stars. You know, the star maker, the Miz. I think it's something that that we're missing in wrestling. And going back to Ring of Honor, I think Truth Martini is does add on the show and like you see tonight you had the other House of Truth members out there in the beginning and referee immediately pointed to them Jay Diesel and uh, Donovan Dijak go to the back not even dealing with it and Truth was still there so at one point he got involved and he got ejected too I think it adds something to the match and I don't know why companies don't do more it's proven to work. We've had great managers in the past, and they've always worked. So why not? Joseph Park for manager. So that's all I got from TNA. But I mentioned Owens and Samoa Joe. They hooked up on NXT this week. And I did not watch NXT from start to finish. And I'm not going to review it. But I did want to mention the fact that they did hook up. During the match, obviously I knew it wasn't going to be a five-star match or whatever. You, you know, you'll save that for a NXT TakeOver event. But they had a decent match. I thought the there was a spot there with Owens with the chin lock and the crowd started chanting. Oh, what did he say? He said chin lock city crowd started chanting headlock city and he's yelling at the crowd I said chin lock <laughs> and after the crowd calmed down you can hear one guy in the crowd go say something like he said it was a chin lock you know and you can hear the laughter it kind of reminded me of some old school stuff uh, Kevin Owens is does a lot of old school stuff and it is cool but man oh man I don't know if I'm the only one but I am waiting for the other shoe to drop I don't, this has been on my mind for, for weeks, ever since he debuted, and I don't know what they're doing, I don't know where they're going, on one of my shows, it could have been before the, the name change, so if you haven't heard it, my bad for bringing it up now, and assuming that you did, but I, I touched upon the, the fact that if I was booking the show, and again, I'm not, and we can all talk about fantasy booking or fix mistakes that we see, but to me, I think you get seen comfortable in the role. Let him beat Sami Zayn, let him beat Adrian Neville, maybe you bring one or two other guys in for the open challenge, and then you bring Owens in and make him challenge for the title, and you make Cena lose it. That's what I said they should have done. The problem is that the, I guess the rest of the WWE fan base, well, I'll say universe, didn't agree with me because they just marked out that Kevin Owens was on Raw. And I couldn't understand it. I, I could not understand the fact that he came in and he, and he, you know, he pulled the heel move. No, not tonight. I'm going to fight you on my own terms. He ends up winning the match. Not only is it a wrestling match, and a damn good wrestling match, which didn't make sense to me, but on a WWE TV show, from what I thought was going to happen, I was dead wrong. 
and I couldn't understand why people weren't upset uh, upset about that. Why don't you just build Cena, get him comfortable, and then boom, have the have the rookie of fifteen years take him out with the title? But instead, Kevin Owens says, "No, I have the real title," and he basically took a crap on the U.S. belt. So from there, you now have him lose the second match to Cena. And now all of a sudden he wants the U.S. title? Makes no sense to me. This week on NXT, he fights Samoa Joe. When Samoa Joe debuted a few weeks ago, it was a stare-down type of deal, a tease, a physical tease altercation on NXT. And, And I said, why... As a WWE fan, are you marking out for this when you should be pissed that that didn't happen on Raw? I don't understand what they're doing with this. And it's it's almost getting me to a point as a Kevin Steen fan that I don't care. It's almost like I'm rooting against him. As a Samoa Joe fan, a guy that I've enjoyed in TNA because I actually used my head and decided, well, I want to see Samoa Joe. I'm not going to wait for him to come to WWE or NXT. I'm going to watch TNA because that's where he is. I didn't mark out for it. I was pissed. Shouldn't that be the way Raw should be closing? Why are they doing this? And this is the only thing I can come up with. Triple H wants the cred with the indie scene and he wants NXT to have the cred with the indie scene they are booking small arenas they book the ECW arena they want to trick you into thinking that this is its own thing and it's an independent company well I will say this I am not falling for it I am not buying it I don't understand why Joe didn't immediately go to the main roster. I don't understand why the fans are not pissed off about it, and I don't understand why no one is tweeting or Facebooking or whatevering Vince McMahon or Triple H or Stephanie and asking why. Why isn't he on Raw now? What are you going to do to him in TNA to fix him, his his imaginary problems that he has? Why is Kevin Steen going from ROH to develop what? What what did he develop in NXT yet? Tell me how he's different than Kevin Steen. It makes no sense to me at all what they are doing. To me, that stare down should have been on Raw. In my opinion, Kevin Owens should have won the U.S. belt by now. First, he didn't care because he had the NXT belt and that was better. And then you have John Cena on color commentary saying... Oh yeah, the uh, the rookie pitcher came up and he struck out Babe Ruth. Well, which is it? Is he the rookie pitcher that came up, or is NXT equal? Why is Vince McMahon deciding to be okay with the fact that Kevin Owens is going to be seen clean on a pay per view special to show me that they are equal? Or should I listen to John Cena saying that they are the minor leagues because that's what he said? Why should I be okay that Samoa Joe is wrestling Kevin Owens on NXT but not on Raw? Why are you okay with that? Why are you marking out for NXT? It's almost like they're waving and imagine they're putting an imaginary curtain over you, over your eyes, and you can't see you can't see past it. And I don't understand. We're we're supposed to be wrestling fans. We're supposed to be smart wrestling fans. How on earth can you not look down the road? You can enjoy something. I enjoyed Kevin Owens beating Cena that night. And immediately I woke up and my mind started going. And now I'm at a point where I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on Kevin Owens. I mean, is if he loses this third match that they are going to do, then what do you do with him? If he loses his NXT title to Joe, 
then how do you explain him beating Cena for the U.S. title because of how you've built up Cena? If he loses them both, he's nothing. So explain to me what they are trying to do. I, I cannot figure this out. Again, if he... Apparently he wants the U.S. belt now. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because he's, he took a crap all over it. That first The first show he was on. So if he wins it, it makes Cena look bad. And it makes WWE look bad at, in comparison to NXT. If he loses that belt, does he go back to NXT and this was all a ruse? He can't have both belts. If he, if he carries both of those belts, I will be shocked and just keeps moving up and down. NXT and are you do you really mean you're gonna have him on on Raw every week and then also send him back to Florida to tape more shows how long can that go on and again the question becomes if he beats Cena and he loses to Joe or loses to Finn or whoever he decides to drop they decide to have him drop that belt to in NXT how is that gonna look it's gonna look terrible to me they already screwed this up and the, the reason that they screwed this up is because they should have had him drop the title in NXT to whoever the next guy is, just like they, they did in the past. Have him drop it. Bring him up after you build Cena up with that U.S. title and have him dr lose it immediately to when Owens debuts. They dropped the ball already on this. And I think the repercussions of this are going to be felt in the Kevin Owens character, the way you view him. Man, oh man, I, I don't understand why they're overcomplicating this stuff. And again, I go back to, th there are other characters on that NXT show that don't need to be in development. And why am I still calling it development? Because it is development. Why? It's the only other reason. Why is Samoa Joe down there? Can somebody explain that to me? Why is Samoa Joe down there? Why is he not on Raw? I mentioned this before too. Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, they were not sent to development. They debuted on Raw. Seriously. What changed? What is happening? Do they really think that high of themselves that Kevin Steen can't work a WWE match? I think he's proven it already. Are they really going to credit the fact that he's been in NXT? Did they teach him really how to work with John Cena? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is that why Joe's down there now? Well, we got to teach him how to work with Cena. Really, do you? Do you have any respect for this guy at all? To think that you are teaching Samoa Joe something? Come on. You're teaching Kevin Owens something? Come on. What are you doing? Put them on now. Give Owens the title. They should have gave Owens the title the first night he came up. But they didn't. And in my eyes, it's they're now in a quandary. But maybe it doesn't matter because apparently NXT fans don't care. They don't care enough. And that's another thing, that full-sale crowd. It's, it kind of seems like they are dictating things. You know, there they are with their... their smarky fan chants and Joe is going to kill you and whatever kill steam kill was quickly changed to fight Owens fight and you know they dropped it whatever I guess they accept it so so basically they're going to view everything based on that full sale crowd so if the full sale crowd is okay with Joe being there, well, well, then we don't need him on Raw. Just keep him down there. What, what the hell's wrong with you? Why did you sign the guy? That's my question. Why are you signing these guys? If you're not, if you know that they are money makers, why are they not making you money? Oh well, Joe's t-shirt sold out. Well, guess what? If you put Joe on Raw instead of NXT, his t-shirt would doubly sell out or quadruply sell out because you have four million people watching that show on Monday night. I don't know why. God only knows why. Compared to NXT's numbers, I don't know what they are. I don't know if anybody knows what they are. 
How many worldwide viewers do they have on the network right now? Do they have 4 million? No. So how many people are watching NXT? What are they doing is my question. You have guys like Enzo and Cass down there. What the hell are you waiting for? Seriously, why are they not on Raw? Well, because NXT's it's its own thing. No, it's not. It's not its own thing. And the proof of that is Kevin Owens. Because I saw him on Raw and I saw him on NXT. And he's holding that belt. And you know why that it's not different? Because John Cena told me on the microphone that it's the kid that came up from AAA. He came up from the minors to the majors and struck out Babe Ruth. So which is it? Did the face of the company screw up? Doubtful. On a headset with people backstage talking to him. You know, what was he told? Kind of bury him a little bit. You know, explain this. Explain this to the fans. That he's a minor leaguer. He's from the minors. What the hell are they trying to sell us? And I ask you, NXT fan or WWE fan, why, why do you not care? And you know, on the other, on the flip side of this, and I have spoken to people that don't know who Kevin Owens is, and they think it's ridiculous to have John Cena feuding with this guy. I know fully, I know full well who he is, and I know who he was. But the whole Raw crowd doesn't, they don't know who he is. He wasn't built up. He wasn't introduced. He just came out with the with the knowledge that you knew him from NXT. And this person said to me, how in the hell can this rookie come up? This Owens guy wearing a t-shirt. This person's words, not mine. And he said, how do you get in a, in a feud with John Cena, have your first match two weeks later, and beat him? He's a 15-time world champion. I hate it. I hate him. I can't stand it. Why would McMahon do that? It makes no sense. And I couldn't answer it. I couldn't answer it because it would have made sense to me if the title was on the line. It would have made sense to me if you were trying to make a monster. John Cena has five, six, seven, eight, nine successful title defenses. And here comes this this Kevin Owens debuting who they've built up for the past three weeks with video video vignettes of him or whatever you want to do to introduce him to that crowd that doesn't know who he is. And then you come in and you bring him in as a badass monster that just takes that title. Then that person wouldn't be asking me who is this Kevin Owens rookie guy because he'd already be introduced to him. Not everybody is watching NXT. And I would have been okay with it because that's my indie guy. Getting the big push with the big introduction, with the big introductory videos, and everything is right with the world. So then that fan gets it, and I get it. And I love it, and he hates it for the right reasons. Not real heat, but he hates him because maybe he's a Cena fan and, you know, he doesn't like the new heel on the block. That would make sense. Not what they're doing now. It makes no sense. Because as long as you have the idea of NXT being the under company, then how is the under company champion beating one of your 15-time world champions? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. He just lost this Sunday. I know. I know he did. I get it. They need to be very careful with what they're doing. Very, very careful. Because <laughs> I, I don't even know if they care anymore. Maybe the fans need to hold them accountable. Maybe they don't care because the fans don't hold them accountable. They can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want, make no sense whatsoever about any angle or any, any match or any outcome or the, the, 
Brie Bella saying, oh, it wasn't me, it wasn't, it, it, I'm different, look, I, I stuffed my shirt, I stuffed my shirt, look at my tissues, it wasn't me, I'm admitting that I cheated, I'm admitting that I cheated, disqualify her, because I cheated, what do they do? The referee, for some ungodly reason, decides to restart the match, Paige isn't even ready, schoolboy, one, two, three, boom, over, what the hell was that? What was that? They chose the worst option in that scenario that they could have. It should have been a DQ. Page wins by DQ. Title doesn't change hands. But no. <laughs> they decided to have the match restart it and boom, one, two, three, over. Brie wins. Why? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And another thing that I wanted to hit on too that they're not thinking about. There's Roman Reigns. You're trying to push him as a face. They did three weeks ago. They they put him in three matches on Raw in four segments, bucking the authority. Are they pushing him as a heel? No. Get that out of your head. They're pushing him as a face. So what did they do, Money in the Bank? They have Bray Wyatt come down. And the crowd pops for Bray Wyatt as he's taking out Roman Reigns. So, my question... In their minds, Bray Wyatt is probably the guy that's the heel that can put people over. Even though he's young, they're gonna get, they're gonna use him to get Roman Reigns over. But the crowd is gonna boo when Roman Reigns goes over him, which doesn't get Roman Reigns over. And then you're gonna have the <laughs> the majority of the fans going, Bray Wyatt can't win a match. Why should I listen to his promos? He's great on the mic, but who cares what he's saying? Because he can't win. He can't win. He can't win. He can't win. We like Bray Wyatt. Why are they... What are they doing? What the hell are they thinking? And that, and that's... Again, I'm saying be careful with Kevin Owens because this is exactly what could happen to him. Because it seems like they don't understand how to, how to book things in accordance with what the fans want. It, it amazes me. If you want to give Bray Wyatt Miz, prime example, no one likes the Miz. No one likes the Miz. Who are we trying to get over? Are we trying to get Bray Wyatt a little more over with the crowd? Or are we trying to get Roman Reigns over with the crowd? You need to put one of them against the Miz and other characters and other wrestlers on the card that are similar to the level of the Miz. No, they're going to put them both together, and the crowd is going to choose Bray Wyatt. So you would think Bray Wyatt would go over. But no, you watch. The minute Reigns pins him, wherever they are, whatever whatever city they're in, whatever state they're in, where was that, Ohio? That wasn't a Philly crowd. That wasn't a New York crowd. It wasn't the Chicago crowd. It was in Ohio. And they popped for Bray Wyatt taking out Roman Reigns. Use your heads. Do you want the crowd popping for the heel, Bray Wyatt? I guess they do. Meanwhile, it doesn't make sense to me why you're putting in... Why you're having Roman Reigns buddy up with Dean Ambrose because that's supposed to be a tactic to get him more over with the crowd because Dean is more over with the crowd than him. So then why are you putting him against the heel on a Sunday night in a, in a spot where you know that the heel is going to get cheered over him. It's like the John Cena syndrome. You remember when John Cena would be uh, would go against anybody and people would cheer for the other guy? They don't care. They just do it anyway. They just do it anyway. And if you're, uh, if you're a fan that thinks that heel and face is overrated, well, that's fine. You can think that that's fine. Maybe it's overrated, maybe it's old hat, whatever. But the bottom line is then why are you why are you building Roman Reigns into three matches on a Raw and four segments on a Raw and dominating him for three hours to get him over as a face? Then why are you doing things like that? It makes absolutely no sense to me. That company is you know, they have it all right there. You know, here we are talking we're talking about TNA misbooking dates or whatever whatever the hell's going on there with in, in accordance with their pay-per-views and their world championship match and now they can't have it and here we have raw 
who they never have problems with that. They never have problems or issues like that, like with SmackDown. SmackDown's taped. They tape it every the same day every week. They never run into problems like that. But at the same time, you're having issues with, with characters. And what the hell are you doing? What are you trying to do? If you're getting Roman Reigns over, then get him over. The crowd is against him. He's not over with the crowd. If you want the crowd to cheer him, then you need to put him against somebody that the crowd hates. Do they not realize when Bray Wyatt comes out, everybody's holding up their cell phones? All the lights are coming on, all the fireflies are out there. Why do they do that? Because they think it's cool. And it's attached to a guy named Bray Wyatt. Ay ay ay. Bring up Samoa Joe. <laughs> Bring up Kevin Owens and book him properly. I could see it already. Guys, I could see it. And I don't like what I'm seeing. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on Kevin Owens. So don't get too excited. I'm not getting too excited. Stay realistic because... Man, oh man, when that shoe drops and everybody is screaming and hollering, I'll be in, I'll be the first to say I told you so. I will. I promise you. And you can comment to me or whatever and and say, "Wow. I didn't think I didn't think it was possible, but boy, they did screw this up already, didn't they?" And I'll say, "Yeah. Unfortunately, we've seen this before." You know, everything else be damned. I mean, there was a there was a good time period where I, I I'll never forget this because it's it was the first thing that really really torqued me up in the past few years about WWE booking, and it was at the time of CM Punk's title reign where he was rolling on that streak of whatever I can't remember what it ended up being four hundred some days whatever, and the writing was on the wall. He was at the Rumble defending against Rocky. And it was at the time when Ryback was first getting pushed. And he was botching moves like crazy, but the crowd didn't care. He was like way the hell over the first time. And the Royal Rumble the same night came down to him and Cena. And I'll never forget it because that same night, Punk lost to Rock. Cena won the Rumble and it set up the mania, the main event, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand why you were going to end punk streak, like everything else be damned, everything that that guy did for that whole year and change, get thrown out the window because Rocky's coming back, because we have to make the Rock and Cena main event, but in my eyes, it should have been CM Punk and Ryback exploding at WrestleMania, because you had the ultimate heel in Punk with Paul Heyman and he jobs out to The Rock you could have made Ryback as your new you know face your new your new uh, second guy to Cena your new B but they didn't they chose to go with Rock and Cena would Punk and Ryback have made them money I don't know, probably not as much as Rocky returning. But that's what the, that's where that company is right now in my eyes. It's not about their stories and not about what's going on now because at the end in the end it doesn't matter. They're going to they're going to throw it all away. Just, you know, storyline be damned. So, you know, here I am talking about Kevin Owens. I'm spending 20 minutes on Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and John Cena and Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. In the end, it doesn't even matter because none of those guys that that I'm telling you about, the, the younger guys, they're not going to WrestleMania. They're not going to main event WrestleMania anyway. And that's the problem with that company in my eyes right now. Because they don't, they don't care. It, it, they just don't care. If they did, things would make a lot more sense. We'll see where everything goes. But I doubt I'll be eating crow anytime soon. I had to eat crow on the first uh, Owens win over Cena. But I knew. I knew it. I knew it was going to come. And I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop. He just lost again. 
Now he wants the U.S. belt. Doesn't make sense to me. We'll see where it goes. Third match coming up. We'll see where it goes. <sighs> Exhausting. But before we get out of here this week on Bleeding for Truth, a couple things I wanted to uh, say really quickly. Um, if you go to PWPR1640, find some King Firehawk. He did a great interview this week with Del Wilkes, the Patriot. He has a Kickstarter.com going right now. He's trying to get his documentary on his career and his life done. We are almost there with the fundraising. Kickstarter.com. Click the word search projects. Your prompt will come up and just type in the Patriot Del Wilkes. D-E-L-W-I-L-K-E-S. Go on there. He is... As of this recording, 91% funded. He needs uh, $310 left to go. And he's got 33 days to do it. So this is going to be the final push for the Patriot getting his Kickstarter funded. And pull up that interview, like I said, with King Firehawk. Great interview. Del Wilkes seems like a great guy. And uh, they had a nice long interview. So if you were interested in the Patriot, go help him out. If you remember the Patriot... Go help them out. It's it's uh, our turn to give back to some of these people. And he's looking f to get this project funded, so let's go help him out. Final push for the Patriot here. So close to being finished. Also, uh, another Kickstarter.com. If you uh, people are out there paying attention to China, uh, she is also documentary. She is way off the mark right now. Currently, 18 days left. I believe she is about $6,000 away from getting her story told. Um, they're calling it the Reconstruction of China. If you are a DX fan, if you are a supporter of women's wrestling, you know that China broke the mold in women's wrestling in the 90s. And what you need to do is go, I will reference you, to a hell of an interview done in February of this year. Go on YouTube, pull up Vince Russo and China, and watch the one hour and 40-some minutes interview with China. Uh, great stuff, great stuff by Russo. It was very enlightening as a wrestling fan. China is now in a way better place than she has, than she has been in years, and every wrestling fan that thinks they know about what was what has gone on there in the past with her and her troubles and the relationships that she has had with certain people go on and get her side of the story so youtube.com Vince Russo China watch that and make a decision make an educated decision as to why you think you may want to see this DVD get done this documentary get done kickstarter.com Click the word search projects, you'll be prompted. Type in China, and it will come up. The reconstruction of China. She's got 18 days left. She needs 6000 bucks. She's in a final push as well. And that is a story that I would definitely, definitely be interested in, as also Del Wilkes' story also. So if you are a fan and you can, you have a couple bucks laying aside, again, both of these projects, depending on the amount of money that you give, you will be rewarded with different kinds of rewards. So there's something there for everybody. Um, and if you can just make a small donation, go for it. You know, do what you can. Get these stories told. Uh, I think they're really important as wrestling fans. There are things out there that we think we know, but we don't know. And if you want to get it from the horse's mouth, let's let's try and chip in and help these guys get their uh, their stories told the correct way. So in closing, for Blading for Truth, Jeff Edwards, I'll leave you with this. Ring of Honor, best in the world, great pay-per-view, Lethal Briscoe, great match. Lucha Underground from this Wednesday, one match on the show, no promos, no in-between stuff, great match, go watch it. Homework, Lucha Underground, best in the world. If you haven't already, 
Go do it. 1640 PWPR, the home of pro wrestling podcasts and more. I am Jeff Edwards, waiting for truth. I'll catch you next week. This voice, this is power. In anybody else's hands, this is a microphone. In my hands, it's a pipe bomb.